Bring them out, bring them out, bring them out, bring them out. It's hard to yell when the bat rails in your mouth. Woo! Bring them out, bring them out. 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 Welcome to the Fantasy Football Fiend Podcast with your host Zay, Young Vander, and Roja. What's popping, good people? Welcome back to the best new fantasy football podcast on the air, the Fantasy Football Fiend Podcast, presented to you by Manscaped. I'm your host Zay. As always, I got my guy with me. Holla at the people, Young Vander. Fantasy Fiends, what's going on out there? Yo, we have a great show for you. We had a great weekend of football. Should have a pretty decent game going tonight, Monday night. We'll kind of see how that goes. Russell Wilson doesn't screw that up, but we got news and notes for you. Your week six review, and we have your waiver wire goal for week seven. Join us on Facebook at the Fantasy Football Fiend Family Facebook group, on Instagram at Fantasy Football Fiend, and Fantasy Football Fiend F-E-I-N at Gmail for promos and advertising now let's go right ahead and hop into your news and now your fantasy news Alrighty, alrighty. So we have several injuries that took place this weekend. Some aren't quite as far reaching as others. Some we weren't really depending on, but we're going to throw them out there. And if we need pivots and things of that nature, you'll be able to kind of grab those based on what we give you in the waiver wire section. But first up, we have Marquise Hollywood Brown. He was spotted wearing a boot after the game. This is significant on a couple of different levels. Rondell Moore is now back in the fold and doing his thing. DeAndre Hopkins is supposed to be back on next week and he is chomping at the bit to show people that he is still that dude. I don't really think it's a big deal for Rondell. I mean, you know, when one door closes, another one opens. Hey, Hopkins is back. Hey, hey, hey. Yeah, Hollywood is gone, but Hopkins is going to fill right in where Hollywood left off at. So just look for a slew of targets to go DeAndre's way. And uh, I think Rondell would just stay in the role that he's been in. PJ Walker was ruled out of the game with a neck injury. So now Baker Mayfield is hurt. Sam Darnold is hurt. PJ Walker is hurt. Carolina just has a whole lot going on. They have Robbie Anderson getting kicked out of the game for getting in fights with the coaches. Jacob Eason is... Jacob Eason. Carolina's in a pickle right now. I guess the best thing about Carolina's situation is they're guaranteed to have a new coach. And hopefully, based on the quarterbacks that are coming out next year, they're pretty much guaranteed to have a better quarterback. I don't know if this, you know, they had the rumors out there with CMC. Like they're having a sale, but not a fire sale. I guess it's kind of how they're posing it, saying they want multiple first round picks for CMC plus, you know, other stuff. I'm like, like who who's doing that for an often injured running back 25, 26 now? I just don't know if their asking price makes sense, but they have a lot of injuries going on right now in Carolina. Put my brakes or keep them moving. Oh, uh, just real quick, man. This saying Sam Darnold can't be cleared maybe to return this week at practice. So, hey, mm. one, one. One door closes, 
Another one. Yes. Yeah. Dalton Schultz ended up sitting out Sunday. Coach's decision. Schultz is one of those guys that I thought really had a chance to kind of make a significant difference in that game between the Cowboys and the Eagles. Ferguson ended up getting a few targets, putting up a few fantasy points, but he was no one that anyone had any clue of going into Sunday night for the most part. Um, Dak was out for week six, but it's looking like he's back for week seven. So he gets the chance to play hero, come flying in and save the day and keep the momentum going or whatever the case may be. I don't really think that this week for Dallas was all that bad. I just say that because they weren't the better team and they didn't even have one of their best players. They'll get an opportunity to play them again at home, hopefully with an uninjured Dak and we'll kind of see what happens. But I definitely uh, liked what I saw in that first half from Philly and they did what they had to do to bring it on home in the second half, Dak should be back next week. What we got on Dak? He said he felt fine throwing the ball. See, he felt great. This should be a full week of practice this week for him. And it's a really a good team to return to. That they play Detroit, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, so that defense is a really good defense to to get back, you know, into the swing of things. I think this unlocks everybody, especially someone like a Gallup, a Schultz. You start seeing the numbers. Maybe. Oh yeah, you could tell Gallup didn't have any kind of chemistry right. um, with Cooper Rush. Yeah, you could definitely. Tell. So I think you'll see those numbers start to to rise, and even if with somebody like Ezekiel Elliott, you know, having Dak in there is, is a lot better for him as well. So. Because Dak does have and, the threat to run. He's not like a real big runner, but he has the right. threat to still run the ball. So should be better also for the run game. This may be the week that you might want to go get Gallup on the cheap, knowing that Dak is on the way back. Um, you're definitely going to get more out of him than what he was able to give with Cooper Rush. So, you know, just something to think about if you have wide receiver troubles. Somebody may be willing to give up Gallup for a little bit less than what he's actually going to end up being worth. Cameron Brait ended up with a neck injury, and that one was kind of scary. So he's out right now. He ended up at the Pittsburgh hospital and um, they're checking for concussion issues and things of that nature. Nine times out of 10, he won't be back next week. Randall Cobb may have a high ankle sprain. You saw him getting Carter off the field and he kind of had a couple of tears going down his eye. Like he knew that whatever was going on was something significant enough that, you know, it might detour his season just a little bit. So we have to keep an eye out on that. For those of you guys that were using Cobb, that's kind of like that last ditch effort are in some of your larger leagues, especially larger PPR league, you may want to go ahead and pivot from Cobb there. J.K. Dobbins had knee issues on Sunday. So um, as Vander has said several times, he's, he's going to take a little bit of time to, you know, get back in gear, you know, that the knee tightened up and it wasn't much he can do about it. He, he gave it a go and then couldn't go. So that's what's going on with J.K. One of the weekend heroes, Deion Jackson of the Colts, he injured his quad on Sunday and ended up not being able to return to the game. But he had already put up plenty of points. Pause. Vander, I got to. I got to voice some frustration right quick. Let's I need whatever reaction. <laughs> I need whatever reaction you got on wax. All right. All right. So as a fantasy player, right, mm -hmm. there are times in which you got to follow your instincts. And even when something seems right, if your instincts say go left, you go left, especially if you have a pretty good idea of what you're doing. Would you agree? For sure. So you offered me a trade this weekend. Fair trade. That, that's not a part of the story, if you will. Okay. But what the trade the trade cost me cost me my week it it, it cost me my week mm. let, let, let me explain why okay so the trade was just so you guys know i sent him dj moore he sent me aj dillon and uh uh dobbs yeah romeo romeo dobbs they're both both green bay right. so in a vacuum nothing wrong there the issue was 
And and matter of fact, you can testify to the point that I told you what I was going to do if I didn't trade you, which was pick somebody up out the waiver, right? Right. So the person that I was going to pick up out the waiver would have won me my week, which was Deion Jackson. Mm. And I started AJ. I mean, I started our Dylan for Green Bay instead. And um, yeah, the rest is history. So mm. with that being said, good people. Sometimes even get trades don't necessarily work out to your good, but I just had a feeling that Dion was going to go off with nobody else in front of him, even though I don't think he has the, the talent of some of the other backs. Volume is king in fantasy. We say that all the time. I should have known that based on his situation, he would get volume. I mean, That's you what know, pissed two, me off two things can be true. I mean, <laughs> you should make the trade and also sign Yeah, Dion, yeah, yeah, you know yeah. you're right. Because one it, works, it, it, one works for the, long the present, and one works. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So, so the issue that came about at that point, I had no clue who I would drop for Dion because I didn't want to drop the, the the rookie wide receiver that I just got in the trade. It was one of those things that it was like, okay, there's no longer a sense of urgency because I have Dylan. So again, that was that was on me for for this week, not for the. I'm not saying that Dion Jackson is better than Dylan. Don't don't hear what don't hear what I'm not saying, y'all. But for this week, I should have known better. And th that's just where I'm at with that. Moving right along here, Kenny Pickett ended up with a concussion. Um, we don't know the severity of the concussion. Trubisky came right on in and did what he needed to do. He wasn't spectacular at all, but he did what he needed to do to get a win over a team that anybody that was putting money up probably, you know, <laughs> had their money on. And I don't know too many people that were betting on Pittsburgh this week going right. up against Tampa Bay. Do we see this as being a, a long-term thing? Is, is Trubisky going to work his way back and hold on to things? Or, or is this just a hiccup for Pickett? Oh, I think it's just a hiccup. I mean, he went out with a concussion. But one thing about this concussion thing, it this looks like you, you're sitting like a week. <laughs> minimum, For real. You know what I mean? So yeah. uh, they, they run into the Dolphins. So let's see how that game goes. If uh, Trubisky can come out, have a good game, then who knows? Maybe he can squeeze back in the seat. But if he just comes out and they're just like, there's no you know life in the offense, then I, I look at Pickett coming back and being the starter moving forward. Now, this isn't so much news as it is something to monitor. We had a couple of inactives on this past week, and that was Zach Moss, Ronald Jones are the two that come to mind. We're going to get to a point in the season just before trade deadlines where teams have issues as far as running back is concerned. Are these guys that we possibly look at? stashing if we have running back issues or if we're looking at dynasty and things of that nature that their situation may change or are you pretty sure that they aren't really worth the roster spot at this point no nah, i honestly think you you want to be you want to be early what's that little term you like to say better off a day early than than a day late right some yeah for sure like you got to see the right on the wall right in our league i went ahead and signed roby anderson last week before all the drama right now it's looking like he is definitely probably gonna get traded this this week right and you got the teams that's wide receiver needy the green bay packers that would be a dream scenario for a guy like me if roby anderson go to the packers for the rest of the season yeah you you might have a wide receiver yeah. too you know what i'm saying yeah, it could be could be dj moore going to, <laughs> going to the Packers, right for free so but one, but one of them going somewhere probably i don't think dj like moore that. will i think they want to keep you him think he'll stay yeah, okay. for the reports I've been reading, he's a guy that they really him and uh, Brian Burns are the two guys that they're like. Yeah, we we, we listen to offers, but these two guys are kind of like off the. So radar. they prefer to keep more and move CMC, right? Because they feel like they can get a bigger haul back. More for him. Yeah, yeah, okay, right. I got you. And he's a running back. You know how the league feel about running backs. Yeah, true. And, um, and they got running backs on the, on the roster right now. They really don't 
have anybody to replace DJ Moore if he were to go. I definitely think I see the right on the wall with guys like Moss, guys like Ronald Jones. So if you have a roster spot available or you just have a, a guy like a Flacco, one of these kind of guys just sitting there, man, I, I, I'd rather take uh, my chances and hold a Moss or maybe a Ronald Jones, one of these guys, you know, as a trade line deadline, as a trade deadline approaches, try to be you know a day early on on those calls for sure. Couple more injuries. We had Skylar Thompson, who is the rookie quarterback for Miami, while Tua and Bridgewater were on the men. He ended up exiting Sunday's game against the Vikings after sustaining a right thumb injury. So more quarterback issues as far as Miami is concerned. Kendrick Bourne, wide receiver of the Patriots, was forced out of Sunday's game with a toe injury. That gave way for Tyquan Thornton to kind of see an increase as he's just now returning from injury himself. Another guy that I'll add to that list of running backs that could be on the move and will definitely make some noise if he's given an opportunity. Miles Gaskins was a healthy scratch, and this again was a coach's decision. He had no health issues at all. And right now, there's a couple of things that could happen or are likely to happen as far as he's concerned. Most start rarely stays healthy. Edmonds rarely stays healthy. So he's still he's still number three on the depth chart. Um, so he, he may be able to get a little bit of run that way. Or they could go ahead and trade him to another team. If Baltimore shuts down JK because he's just not right, they're going to need somebody behind Kenyon Drake. And we'll talk about Drake in just a minute. But I can see him being, you know, a cheaper, you know, running back to kind of go grab for some of those needy teams out there. Let me throw this in real quick. Um, Speaking of guys, you know, one of the bigger elephants in the room, Cam Akers. You know, this is a guy that was. Yeah, requesting a trade. Yeah, so he's, he's they say he's likely, he, he probably has played his last game as a Ram. So he'll be traded Nothing soon. to do with injury. Right, <laughs> nothing to do with injury. So he'll be traded soon. Again, uh, if you're in a dynasty league, maybe in a redraft league, you have an IR spot, go get Kyron Williams. He's currently yeah, IR. Yeah. Yep. Come off an ankle injury, he probably come off really soon. And he could be a guy that can push Henderson for some of those snaps late in the season. Uh, so that's that's something to look to um, as well. Definitely, definitely. Damian Harris is still dealing with a hamstring injury for the Patriots. Julio Jones is sitting out again with a knee injury. Mac Jones is still dealing with an ankle injury. And right now, I am perplexed because I don't know that Mac Jones and Bailey Zappi aren't one a one a and a half or something like that like it's close man like i haven't seen mac jones open up that offense the way zappy was able to do it gets a quality defense at that i just i don't know man mac, mac jones may may be in some trouble especially if that anchor won't let him go for another couple of weeks and we're able to see zappy do again what he did this past week the zappy can throw it he's just a high risk high reward kind of guy he's gonna throw he's gonna throw touchdowns and he's gonna turn the ball over He's going to throw some interceptions in there, you know, here and there. But um, he's been throwing it well. And, but our, and our defense is good enough that when he does throw those interceptions, it really shouldn't take us out of the game. But for the games that we got to put up points, like he like I feel like Jones is a I'll hold it in the road, but I'm not going to go win it for you. Right. Zappy is one of those. I can go win it, but I could also lose it if the defense don't step up when I throw these right, interceptions. Right. Right. You know how those guys is from, from that uh, conference. Those air raid type of offenses, like they're going to air it out. They're going to throw it. You know what I'm saying? So he ain't going to have no fear or no 
when it comes to letting that ball go. And it kind of unlocks some of the guys. I mean, some of those wide receivers, they want to see that. This is the kind of quarterback they'd rather play for. You know what I mean? Somebody that's going to, you know, throw him, throw him the ball and not, like, manage the game. Chris Olave didn't play in week six. He's still dealing with his concussion issues. CeeDee Lamb had a hip issue, but he was able to go. Wasn't all that great, but he was able to go. Jameis Winston is still dealing with his issues. Do we think this back and ankle is going to hamper him for weeks to come? Or was this just one more week without Winston and we should see him back? Well, I think he was the emergency quarterback this past week. Okay. So okay. I think he's um he's getting closer than he was. Um, it was some reports came out if Andy Dalton was to have a great game, he could probably stay the starter. Okay. So his game wasn't really you know all that great. You know, through for 162 yards. Right. So uh, we may see James nothing to write home there. about per se. Nah. So we may see James right back in there. And it's a Thursday. They have a Thursday night game. So it's a short week. But again, like I always say, I never heard someone say I used to have a bad back. You know what I mean? It's just one of those things. So we'll we'll see how that how that plays out. And that pretty much wraps up the news. Let's go ahead and hop into your week six review. All right, all right. So there were several great games and several games that just probably caused for a really good nap. We started out on Thursday with the Commanders versus the Bears. That ended up being a 12-7 to 7 game that really didn't do a whole lot for very many people. i tell you what I'm impressed with to a certain extent. Justin Fields is able to put together fantasy points with as few real NFL points as possibly I've ever seen in fantasy. <laughs> I think he put up close to 20 points, and the Bears only had seven points as a team. Whenever they actually get him some receivers, I think this guy can kind of turn into something. No, nah, for sure. I was having that discussion with someone like an hour ago. I'm like, you know one thing? Oh, wow. <laughs> he's a really, really, really poor man's Jalen Hurts. Lamar? Oh, Jaylen Hurts. Hurts. Okay. Yeah, well, okay. Like, the passing yards are not there. You know what I'm saying? Like, Jalen Hurts but last everything year. Everything else is. Yeah. Like, Jalen Hurts only threw, what, 16 touchdowns last year? But he was, like, what, ranked in fantasy last year? I think he ended up, like, fifth, sixth, something like that. Yeah, I mean, those legs, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And we kind of seen it again this year. Like, he's only had – this. we're six weeks in, and he only got six touchdown passes. But in three of those six games, he had zero touchdowns. So he really got six touchdowns in three games as far as passing the ball, correct? But in fantasy, Jalen Hurts is gold. He's money due to the legs. Rushing. For sure. So same thing with with Fields. It seems like he's picking up a little more now with the rush acclimate. Maybe he's just saying, hey, this is what it's going to be. You get a lot for very little output. You had the Ravens going up against the Giants. That ended up being a 24-20 to loss for the Ravens. The Giants are doing the damn thing, man. Dabble, he's already showing he's a hell of a coach. They don't even have all their players yet. The Giants, they, they, they could mess around and win the division, man. They're beating up on some teams that they really shouldn't. I, I definitely didn't see them beating the Ravens, although the Ravens have kind of given up some points in the second half of games. I thought this was going to be a, a, a get-right game for Baltimore, so to speak. I like what Daniel Jones is doing. He's kind of 
doing what he has to do right now. Saquon is the fantasy MVP based on where you can draft him and what he's doing right now in these games. Wondell Robinson came back, the rookie wide receiver for the Giants. He got in and showed and proved almost immediately. We'll talk about him in the waiver section. The Giants are kind of doing what they need to do. Yeah, Dabble has really brought an identity to this team. Um, yeah. A lot more effort, you know what I mean? They, they're really leaving it all on the field. Week in, week out, you can see they're not the most talented team on the field as a team. They got one of the most talented players in the league, of course, with Saquon. But as far as the rest of the team, they're not the most talented. But he got these guys playing hard, and he, he really brought identity. Because some teams are just missing that piece, and he really has changed. You can see the difference in the regime. I think once he starts getting some of his guys in there, we'll see the the next step forward as far as the I Giants. Agree. And not only that, but he limits mistakes. The, the biggest thing that I can see, the difference between like the Giants and, let's say, a Cowboys-type team, the amount of penalties and mistakes that are made. The Giants from last year would have lost several of these games, these close games. The Giants of this year, because they don't shoot themselves in the foot, are winning a lot of these close games. You know, Dabbles was doing what he was hired for. You have the Jaguars that went up against the Colts. This ended up being a really good game. I didn't think it was going to be, but those division games can kind of go, you know, left or right. This ended up being a 34 to 27 victory for the Colts. Matt Ryan put up like 30 points or so. Trevor Lawrence ended up putting like up around like 23, 24 points, depending on your format. They both kind of did what they needed to do for the week. James Robinson, a little bit of a disappointment there. ETN had one or two plays that popped off that kind of salvaged his day. I guess the the player of the, the week or weekend, if you will, Deion Jackson, he ended up putting up over 20 points as well. I think he ended up being the number one running back for the week. A couple things that I can kind of discern. The Colts off offensive line is good enough to run block. JT just wasn't healthy enough to take advantage. So I, I like the prognosis going forward after having a couple of weeks off, kind of getting back to himself in that line, actually stepping up. We'll kind of see where that goes. But Alec Pierce as well, that's a guy that Matt Ryan seems to be targeting and leaning on. Um, he seems to like him as much, if not more, than Pittman. If you're in a pickle as far as wide receiver is concerned, that's another guy that I would turn to. Definitely. Matt Ryan, uh, a lot of ups and downs this season. <laughs> but he, he came in his game, he, he really lifted all on the field. I think he had like 56 pass attempts or something like 58. I went through the ball 58 times in those three that's touchdowns. Yeah, that's saying a whole lot. He pulled together and they finished strong. Again, Pierce, like you mentioned, he will probably be a high waiver target in week seven. Go out and grab him. One thing I took away from this game is it seemed like a change of the guards a little bit in their backfield of the Jag. Uh, this is the third week in a row I think we've seen where ETN is now getting, he's kind of like outplaying James Robson. So it's something definitely to look to as the stretch comes down. This was the surprise of the week for me. The Patriots beat the Browns 38 to 15. I didn't think the Patriots would put up 38 points in a game anytime this year. The defense is clicking. The offense is actually looking quite a bit better than it has. And I'm not sure if that's just time and effort as far as learning the new offense and getting used to the new coordinators and all that kind of good stuff. Is it Mac Jones versus Bailey Zappi? Zappi is a guy that I would go ahead and grab in Dynasty if you have an open spot or if you kind of have, you know, an elder statesman who probably won't get in or, you know, barring injury or something like that. He's someone I would take a look at because he could end up being the next Garoppolo where he ends up not starting for the Patriots because we keep the guy that was already there, but he ends up getting traded to somewhere else. So 
he's showing that he has the chops to be a starter in the NFL. I just don't know if he's going to be starting for the Patriots in the future or if he's going to be starting somewhere else. Yeah, this was uh, definitely a surprise game. If you look at the Patriots, though, the last two games, they're scoring their highest output as far as points. Exactly. So the and offense, that's the two games with Zappy. <laughs> right, the offense is definitely moving. Uh, one of the biggest surprises from this game was um, the way the Patriots was able to hold Nick Chubb. Um, yeah. He's been playing lights out The first season. team this year. Well, yeah. I want to say. Yeah. I mean, he only had 56 yards rushing, which was a low for him this year. Uh, so, they, you know, uh, Bill has a reputation of taking your best play away from you, and they did that Back. in this game. So, without them being able to run the ball, then they wasn't able to get the offense going on their side. So, good game for the the Patriots. The Bengals went up against the Saints. This ended up being a 30-26 to 26 victory for the Bengals, and it seems like Burrow and Chase got back in gear. Is this one of those hey, now we're rolling, or could we go back to the Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde thing? Well, I mean, these guys are in New Orleans. The last time they played in this stadium, they won a national championship. So yeah, this I, is true. I, I think a lot of that magic, <laughs> I think a lot of that magic was going on for sure. I mean, Burrow finally finally looking like the Burrow everyone was expecting this year. He had his best game this year. Chase had his best game this year. Let's see if they can continue this thing. I know it's going to be a love. I think the Saints are playing without uh, Lattimore at right. corner, so I know it's going to be rough. And that but is a that is a big difference for them. Huge. I mean, going against and they got like rid of Johnson, who's playing lights out for the Eagles right now. So really, they they they're down one one by their own fault, and the other due to the circumstance. Right. So I know it's going to be a rough game for them coming in. It was good to see them kind of back on the same page and and, and have a good game. So um, let's see what they do next week. They have Atlanta, which should be a game they could can, can you know continue to build off the game they just played against the Saints. Absolutely. Now, actually, you know what? I lied. The Patriots versus Browns wasn't the most surprising game. Pittsburgh versus the Buccaneers. Pittsburgh wins 20 to 18. I did not expect for this to be a game that Tom Brady would let slip. It's just looking like although he's the GOAT, there's too many moving parts too much of the time to really get the offense in gear just yet. So I don't know that fantasy wise, I, I'm going to trust other than Mike Evans and uh, Fournette. Um, you, can, you can trust those guys, but Tom Brady is kind of toxy-turvy right now, and I can understand why. Steelers, Claypool finally had a game. Trubisky got in. We'll see what happens with Pickett. Najee finally got into the end zone. So there was several good things that happened as far as the Steelers were concerned. Yeah, this is a definitely a surprise, especially with that Steeler defense coming in banged up. The secondary was hurt. I really thought Brady was going to have a huge game, but that didn't happen. Uh, the offensive line, you know, he was seen chewing them out late in the first half. Right. But it didn't really make a difference, you know. Um, he, he he had some tight windows to throw to. So that defense did step up and made it a lot, a lot more difficult for Brady. It didn't, it didn't appear like he was, you know, injured or anything of that nature. It just Right, right, exactly. You know, sometimes one of those games, uh, we're going to talk about another one coming up where – you overlook a team, this game, this happens. It's still the NFL. Actually, I can see possibly two games we're going to talk about where that happened. The first one that I think is relevant to that statement, the 49ers went up against Atlanta. Atlanta ended up beating the 49ers 28-14. to 14. Yep, that's the one. <laughs> that was not expected. Um, right now, Jimmy Garoppolo is kind of showing why Shanahan wanted to sell him before the war started really showing. Hey, it's 
Jimmy G. G right now is for garbage. Just saying. He just, he, you know what you're going to get. You know what I'm saying? It's just, it's just one of those things. I mean, but don't look now. Mariota, <laughs> he's like the number 12 quarterback in fantasy, uh, which is funny. If he stays healthy, he's a hell of a deal. I mean, he was a hell of a pick. I mean, you could have got Mariota with probably your last pick of the draft. Yeah. I'm not sure how long this thing going to last, though, because he's not passing the ball. He only had 129 yards passing. And this is another one of those quarterbacks you speak on, like you was talking about Fields and, and we talk about Jalen Hurts. So they do very little with the arm, or not much with the arm, but still was able to get 24 fantasy points. You know, much he, better for fantasy than real life, basically. Right, right. Most definitely. As they continue to try to find a run game, they didn't really find one with the Allegier and Caleb Huntley, those guys. So, and uh, Pitts was finally able to get in the end zone. Yeah. So that was a good thing, even though his, you know, the game, he only ended up with three catches for 19 yards. But seeing him catch a touchdown was okay, about time. So, but the 49ers, uh, Wilson, we didn't see that output he had last week against Carolina. So, do you sell Pitts and redraft this week? Yes, if somebody's going to come calling for sure. If you if you have a hole somewhere else, maybe it's your wide receiver three spot, maybe an RB two spot, uh, for sure. If someone needs a tight end really bad and, and they say, hey, you know, I think I would, I would sell, I definitely would sell Pitts. Another surprising game. The Jets put up 27 points over the Packers, who only put up 10 points. I keep banging the drum. I know y'all tell me how much of the man Aaron Rodgers is, but he doesn't take mediocre to good or me are good to great. He takes great to greater or great to legendary. He's not equipped to deal with the issues that these young guys bring with them. And it's showing. I mean, it's hurting the run game. Pass game is off. The defense can't do anything. Green Bay may be in some trouble. In the opposite side of that, are the Jets for real? I mean, they're they're doing it in a way that is very aggravating to me. But the chemistry between Zach Wilson and Corey Davis is real. The lack of chemistry between Wilson and damn near everybody else is real. Hall is a breakout, but other than Hall, I don't think I can trust anybody. I want to trust Corey Davis as maybe a wide receiver because he's going to get the volume. He's going to get the targets with as long as Wilson's in the game. I don't know if I if, if this is just a maturation process kind of thing. And, you know, because Wilson didn't get a chance to play with any of those other guys last year, maybe it's just going to take him a couple of weeks and then the cream rises to the top. Or is this just going to be Corey Davis's ball to catch as long as Wilson's in the game? I mean, you know, Wilson and Davis do have a, a good chemistry, but at the same time, Corey Davis still isn't doing anything spectacular. I mean, he only had two balls for 52 yards. Uh, Zach Wilson is the piece that's really handcuffing this team. In my opinion, they need another quarterback. He ain't the guy. We definitely seen Brees Hall, what he's going to be, where everybody thought he was going to be. Look, like he's about to unlock and load. That defense is playing a lot better. Sauce Gardner. I mean, wow. That dude. <laughs> Ricky Corner playing with a lot of swag, a lot of confidence. He's doing well. The Jets, I think they are. A good team, but they need way better quarterback play for them to take that next step. You know, take that next step. They got some weapons. They really got you don't some think weapons. That Wilson, I mean, he didn't play much last year due to injury, and he and he's only played two weeks so far this year, and they're winning. Do you think Wilson can develop into the quarterback for the Jets? I mean, he he really hasn't had an opportunity just yet. He's just not it. No. <laughs> okay. I mean, the dude had a hundred and ten yards passing. That's 
110 yards. That's horrible, but I'm not going to put the game in the hands of my quarterback if we win it, and I know he ain't that dude just yet. So, I mean, I understand why the coach is kind of, you know. And three games this year. Like you say, you played three games this year. Mm -hmm. One touchdown, two picks Mm -hmm. in three games. Yeah. They look way better with Flacco. They did. Flacco was the top three. uh, uh, He he was top three in passing yards through the first three weeks. Yeah. It's time to go back. I mean, it's you time think to so? Yeah, for sure. I don't think they go back as long as they win it. Just because yeah, they, I they, mean, because of the draft stock that they put into I, I think this sure. is a show us is you or show us is not you type of year. Because right. it's going to be some people available. Like it's going to be several quarterbacks available in the offseason. I mean, I, quiet is kept. These are the coaches that are kind of used to Jimmy G. And Jimmy G is, like it or not, is better than Zach Wilson. I thought, be I, I honestly thought they were going to be one of the teams that was going to be in on them, you know, being that. Yeah, I did too. You know, that coach already has a, you know, a relationship with him by being in San Fran before he got to New York. Hell, two or maybe available. Because I, I, I and the reason I, I say that, that is this. The reason I say, but, but he's. It, He's definitely shown to be better than Zach Wilson. But the reason I say that is if we remember last year, <laughs> the Dolphins owner tampering with Sean Payton and Tom Brady, Tom Brady about to get a divorce. He ain't retiring. And I don't know that he's going to resign with Tampa Bay. He's playing somewhere next year. And if he says he wants to play for Miami with those receivers, man, man, man come on, man. For real, for real. Think about that for a second. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if it- Brady could either end up in Miami or back in San Fran. San Fran already feel like they made a mistake by not bringing him in when he left New England. And Jimmy should be gone next year. Trey will still be coming off his injury. So why not? You know, he's a great fill-in for a year or two. That type of so, injury, is that a year-long injury? How long does it normally? Uh, it could be a year. It could be a year. So, so he wouldn't be ready to start next year or, or definitely not ready to run the team in the offseason and things of that nature. It's possible. Yeah, it depends on his healing process. You know how. Okay. So if that was Adrian Peterson, he'd be ready in December. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's, <laughs> yeah, I got it depends on how the healing is. But uh, Wilson is not the guy, man. I'm sorry. Like, there's some guy that, that's just not. They should have known that coming out. I mean, kind of come from BYU. Like, nah, that's just not it. I'm sorry. Yeah, the Vikings who beat up on the Dolphins. This was a 24 to 16 game. I really feel like the Vikings could have done more. I, I don't know. I, I expected more from them. A 24-16 win in the NFL is great, but I just kind of felt with the deficiencies and the injuries that the Dolphins had, this is just going to be a, a slaughter, and it, it wasn't that. Definitely a surprising game here. I thought Jefferson was going to you know, do his one-two thing on this game, being with the Miami secondary. Quiet as kept. Tyreek Hill is on a pace to have the biggest career, year of his career. I mm-hmm. don't know that secretly. Like he's on pace to get like 1,900 yards receiving. I, I'm not saying it's going to happen, but as far as the pace that he's on. I mean, it makes sense because who's getting the targets that Kelsey was getting? Yeah, he, he's having nobody. A, that, that boy having a, a, a decent season as far as the, just the stat-wise. I like this Miami team. I think it's like right there on the cusp. It's a few things still missing. Who? I mean, they play Pittsburgh next week. Who knows? I mean, Tua does come back. So we'll see how that looks, how the offense looks. I just think Tua is just like, man, he can go any day now. I don't know if you watch a lot of college football or not, but his, his brother ended up getting carted off the field this weekend for uh, Maryland. It's like they, they just, they fragile, man. They, they stay hurt. I don't take any joy out of saying that. It's just what I've seen. It's what I've observed. I don't know that Miami won't still make a, a nice move in the offseason and Tua might end up being someone's bridge quarterback. If, if Tua doesn't play for Miami next year, who brings him in? 
I think he'd be done in the league for me. I personally. don't think he'll be done just because he's showing that with the right weapons, he's as good as any backup, but better than a couple of the people that are starting right now. Like say for instance it ain't about his, his skills, it's just about that head of his. Like he's a his oh, hip, okay. his, his he yeah. just man, he looked like I don't know, he's just like a he one of those people like you know, like as soon as they get tackled, you're like, uh oh. Every tackle uh-oh. looks like his career's over. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh oh, what is it? Oh, is he is he getting up? Oh, okay, he's good. Oh, it's like you waiting for him to just fall apart. Ever since Alabama, you know, all the way up. We just, yeah, I can see that. He's one of those guys. I just think nobody's going to want to invest into that. A guy that's going to be a hit away. And if he yeah, has no, another concussion, concuss- yep, yeah, exactly. He's going to be exactly. Austin. He's going to be Austin College. Exactly. You know, he's just going to be. Nobody's not going to invest in that. <laughs> because I want to say I don't know on what level or exactly how this part works, but if the NFL doesn't kind of save him from himself as far as the concussion part is concerned, I want to say he can sue them. Like this last incident where they said he was good to go, and every neurologist out there was basically saying, "Nah, I wouldn't. I, there's no way I put him back out there." I mean. You had who was it? It was one of the famous drivers, NASCAR. Dang, I cannot remember his name right now. He he retired this week due to concussion issues. I'm like, if a concussion can keep you from driving, can definitely keep you from getting hit every two or three plays and landing on your back and your head. He don't know how to fall. His head bounces off the ground damn near every time he get hit. <laughs> so yeah, that's a hell of a point. It's not about talent at this point. Like I can't count on you throughout the year. You might have to be a backup somewhere where you only have to play three or four games because that's about how many you're probably going to last any given year. Um, With that being said, uh, Dalvin Cook came through in the clutch, man. I was sitting there cussing Dalvin Cook's ass out for three quarters. (laughs) And then he ended up coming through. He had like one point through like damn near through three quarters or something like that. But he's one of those guys that you just... That's why you start him every week as long as he's healthy, regardless. For sure. The Panthers went up against the Rams. This ended up being a 24-10 victory for the Rams. The Panthers just look all out of sorts. This may be the year that they do need to get rid of a whole bunch of bodies and just kind of start over that the coach, you know, and, and the GM kind of be the cooks in the kitchen and start this thing over with the products needed for the recipe that they intend to make. Because what they got right now just ain't going to cut it. Although they have some guys that are supremely talented, it just doesn't seem like it fits. You're going to see a lot of guys move this week. You can count on that. You can go ahead and bookmark that. Um, McCaffrey could very well be one. It seemed... But to me, you watch this game. Did, did it seem like to you that he's on display? On display to be traded. Yep. Yeah, like the way you know, <laughs> I know how they think about it, right? How they've been using him early in the season, and how they use him yesterday. It was like we want to make it. We want to get the ball in his hands much just to show people like, yeah, you know, look at this, look at this car we got. He's you know? he's good to go. He's healthy. Yeah. He's him. Yeah. So you, hey, I'm a t- okay. So let me put two and two together right quick, right? There's been the scuttlebutt about Buffalo, and in all honesty, the Rams are in. But, but the Rams don't have any picks. And if they're looking for two okay. first-round picks, the Rams don't have anything to, to move. The 49ers were in. I'm not sure what picks they got available. But the so, 49ers was a team. The Broncos was a team that was mentioned as well. The the team that I saw that made a move that kind of shows true to the rumors, the Bills were in as well. And the running back that was going to be included in the trade was inactive. Ooh, who most? I don't know if that's yet. So I don't know if that's causation, mm. correlation, or no relation. But mm. that's kind of I can't afford for you to get hurt this week because we got plans for you next week. Type of a move to me. Maybe I'm reading too much into it, but I think Moss is on the move somewhere. Mm. Just saying. That'd be your uh, the Bills get McCaffrey. 
Go ahead and punch that ticket. It's an all-in move. That's what I'm saying. All the chips on the table. Like, punch the ticket, though. And why not? If not now, when? The Bills want to win a Super Bowl more than anybody. If not, you got to go all in this year. You got to. It don't even matter if you can't even keep McCaffrey due to salary cap issues or whatever else going forward. But this year with that offense, if Singletary can get off slightly, what the hell is CMC going to do? And if Diggs is already getting off and you put, man, look, man, make that move. Make that call. Yeah, even if it's a a one-year Two-year, yeah, a filler. Yeah, I, I'm with you on that. Just go ahead and they do it. They first-round picks are basically second-round picks. Get them shits up. Who cares? Yeah. I don't know if they're going to get two. I think the Carolinas being a little greedy. Bro, it's basically two second-round picks from a cat. Two second-round picks for a Super Bowl if nobody gets injured is how I'm looking at it. Yeah, but you're not going like, to give two first-round picks for uh, temporary guys, what I'm saying. Like, you're not going to keep well, well, no, year. because Because the other thing that I'm going to do is I'm going to get – I'm I'm not just going to get CMC. I'm going to get a couple of those disgruntled guys that you want to get rid of too. And mm-hmm. I'm going to go ahead and give you your two first-round picks. Mm-hmm. Just saying. If you go ahead and you throw – let's say – Robbie Anderson is your third wide receiver with Diggs and Gabe. I'd take that. Yeah, but he played the same position as them guys. He don't play a slot receiver, so he's going to come off the bench anyway. He he played slot receiver for the Panthers last year. Did he? Yeah. Okay. He could play inside or outside. But, I mean, you got Crowder. Well, he's hurt. You got McKenzie. He's hurt. You got Shakir. I wouldn't want Roby. Yeah, Roby should just go somewhere else. McCaffrey's who they need. They don't need nobody else. I feel you on that. But like you said, I'm not giving you two firsts for just McCaffrey. So I'm going to probably have to take somebody that you don't mind moving. Unless it's maybe, you know, a lineman or maybe even a defensive player that that, that we aren't really thinking about at the moment. But Moss is going somewhere. Carolina is actively shopping CMC. And if CMC goes to Buffalo, it's a done dot. That, that's the dots that I'm connecting. The Cardinals went up against the Seahawks. This is a 19-9 to victory for the Seahawks. I thought the Seahawks were going to be a laughing stock this year. The Seahawks are making it look like they did the right thing by letting go of Russell Wilson. How could that be? They haven't even been able to really use the parts and pieces that they gathered from the Broncos as far as the players are concerned. So you can't say the players that they got made any type of a turnaround. This is literally looking like less is more. Or is Geno less than Russell at this point? Hmm. I don't know. I don't know what's up with Russ, man. <laughs> no one knows what's going on. Like when you heard Russ, I mean, it Wilson, is early in the season, though. Maybe, maybe it had. They just don't know each other yet. Maybe. Yeah, and yeah, but when you heard yeah, Russ was going, yeah, when you hear he was going to the Broncos, you was just like, "Oh, this is this is crazy." You know what I'm saying? Like that was the mindset of most people around the league. You're like, "Okay, he got some good weapons. They got a good run game. They got a solid defense. This team is going to be like that." But along with this, I think it's not really more Russ. I think it's just coaching staff, to be honest with you. That too. So you, Russ is getting used to the players. The play calling isn't good. The decision making isn't good. Right. So, but Russ is the you know the spokesperson. He's, he's, the, he's, the, he's the one out front. He's a quarterback. Yeah. yeah so he's going to get people, people aren't bringing up Hackett's name nearly as much as they should. Right. Other than you. Right. <laughs> They're going to bring it up. You know what I mean? So he's a quarterback. He's the face. He's going to get the, you know what I'm saying? When it goes good, he's going to get the praise. When it goes bad, he's going to get the criticism. But uh, Gino, Gino is doing better than everybody expected. I'll tell you that. We've seen Gino around the league. He's been a pedestrian type quarterback, you know, holding the clipboard most of his career. But he's doing a lot better. They played a tough division game. Kyler Murray, what's going on over there? You know what I'm saying? Like They need high <laughs> 
and they need a steady uh, run game. Their offensive line still ain't it. But when Hopkins come back, I expect for them to have a bit of an increase in offensive efficiency. It was good. One thing I did take away from this game, it was good to see Kenneth Walker yeah, do well definitely. playing against a really good run defense, too, mind you. So he, he looked good now that he's the guy in the driver's seat. He, he's probably a running back, too, moving forward, man. He looks good. The Bills went up against the Chiefs. This was a 24-20 to 20 point victory for the Bills. This game had all of the sparks that you expected. The one thing that disappointed me the most is when McKenzie dropped that touchdown. He was wide ass open. And that was that that's what I expected him to do this week. I didn't expect a whole bunch of targets, a whole bunch of yards, but that that play is what I expect to kind of give a little bit of a spark or a little bit more of a look his way. And he just screwed the pooch and Allen really never looked his way again. Singletary is still putting up good numbers for a running back that you didn't really have to pay much for. Allen is who he is. There really ain't much to say about him. I mean, he's he's that dude. As far as the Chiefs are so, oh, Gabe Davis. For those of you guys that did not trade or drop Gabe Davis when he was going through his injury issues, kudos to you. You are now reaping the rewards there. As far as the Chiefs are concerned, this is funny, but the same thing that you said for Tyreek, how he may end up having one of his best years, that's the same thing that you could say as far as Patrick Mahomes is concerned. So it's like they leaned on each other to a fault, and now they're both doing just fine without each other. This is kind of like that breakup that neither one of the parties involved can really say shit to the other because we both doing well after we left each other. Right. Yeah, this is a, a, a like a preview of the AFC championship game. We, I'm pretty sure these teams will see each other again. This is a very good game. Yeah, I don't know. There's not really much to talk of. The guys that you thought were going to do well, they did. It just came down to the end and, you know, the Bills prevailed. But this, with these two teams will definitely see each other again later in the season. The Eagles went up against the Cowboys. This is a 26 to 17 point victory. The Cowboys scored, I want to say, 14 of those points in the second half. I think they went into the half with only like three points scored. This was one of those games where I think it, it mattered more than people could possibly know. And the reason for that is the Eagles basically have already clinched a playoff spot, barring significant injury calamity or just a, a, a epic fall off because the division is pretty much going to be theirs. Even if they tie with the Cowboys and end up playing them and end up losing to them in Dallas, the odds of the Cowboys overtaking their record based on the Eagles having one of the easier schedules this year going forward is slim. So I expect Hurts to continue doing what he's doing. One of the nice surprises is the Eagles are finally acting as if they realize what they have with Miles Sanders at running back. One of our biggest confusions and frustrations last year was seeing the talent that Miles Sanders had, but the coaching staff refusing to give him any work. They still use Boston Scott a bit too much for my liking, but he's he's finally getting a little bit of love this year from that coaching staff. A.J. Brown is what he is. Devontae Smith was able to do a couple of nice things, caught a few nice balls. I, I still don't think C.D. Lamb is that dude. He's And I honestly think when Dak gets back, Gallup is going to end up being more of the wide receiver one than Lamb because that's where the familiarity is. The Eagles is the best team in this division. The, yeah. The, the way the Cowboys have built their team to be more of a passing team the last couple of years, this year, well, starting last year and now into this year, the Eagles have built their team to stop the pass. <laughs> and that's what we've seen. Uh, yeah. The elite corners beat the 
wide receivers of the Cowboys yesterday. And it's just going to be one of those things, like, moving forward. Uh, again, talk about CeeDee Lamb. We already know he's a hell of a number two. He's just not a number one receiver. That's just not what it is. I spoke on this early in the season. He's just not that guy. Like I said before, that will return like this week. Everybody numbers goes up on the offense. But the Cowboys still have a lot of things missing in order to take that next step. And it, like, I agree with you, it's good to see Muse Sanders a lot more in the run game. He's doing well. And, I mean, I guess the, also the threat of Hurts being able to run has really opened up those holes for him. So the Eagles look good, man. It doesn't look – it's not pretty It's offensively. Effective. But it's effective, <laughs> yeah, for sure. It's not pretty at all. He's not going to – again, another argument I was having with someone earlier today. I'm not talking about Jalen Hurts. I'm like, yo, they doing well. Well, how he's playing works good for them. But as a quarterback, it doesn't look good as a quarterback. And I was getting an argument about it. I'm like, look, the guy got six touchdown passes. And the leader in the league got 17. Come on. I mean, I get it. He's running the ball. It's working for him. That is because a lot of times on the goal line, instead of throwing it in, which is what a lot of these other quarterbacks do, he runs it in, which is definitely better for fantasy. Right. So he got those six touchdowns in only three games. See what I'm saying? He got three games this year that he has zero touchdowns in as far as passing the ball. So it looks good. The box score, they winning, but still that. You know, him as a quarterback, I want to see how he look when he's forced to really throw, 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 throw. Then teams let him run around and kind of like uh, improvise. Let's go ahead and hop into waiver wire gold. All right, so there are a few people that may still be on waiver that can have a huge impact rest of the year based on current situation. Barry, go ahead and throw out your first guy. All right, my first guy who's probably available in your league. I spoke on one, man. I'm going to go with Kyron Williams. Um, This is, you know, for the Rams. He's currently 7% rostered in leagues. He's on an IR, so you have a free IR spot. Just grab him, throw him in that spot, and just sit him. Of course, with this new recent news about Cam Akers, Kyron Williams can definitely be on the horizon, man, to become that guy. You seen Darren Henderson the starter yesterday. He played okay, but you could tell it's like the position is for the taking. So he hasn't played well enough to just say, here, okay, I'm the man. This is mine. No, I'm, there's no threat to me. I think Kyron Williams could come off and maybe earn some playing time as the season roll along. And McVay, this is one of the guys he talked very high about, you know, coming in. He was derailed by a little ankle injury, but definitely looking to Kyron Williams, 7% on. Uh, you don't have to spend any any fab money, anything for him. He's going to be sitting right there. IR spot. He doesn't take a your roster you could just hold him in stashing first guy on my list i'm gonna go with Kenyon drake now i do understand i guess edwards is on the men he'll be back soon hopefully at some point dobbins is 100 but we got to realize you kind of got to give both of those guys a year like even though they're back on the field they won't be back to being them and right now drake seems as if he's more effective he ended up with 119 yards and a touchdown on just 10 carries clearly outplaying dobbins who had 15 yards on seven carries I believe that this could be a temporary changing of the guard, at least throughout the fantasy season. Now, when Dobbins is back to 100%, he'll probably get a little bit more of the lion's share. But I think Kenyon Drake is kind of playing his way into that, uh, well, into a role where he'll get seven to 10 carries a game, regardless of what happens. Who you got up next? I'm going to go with the wide receiver you mentioned a little bit earlier, man. I'm going to go with Michael Gallup. He's only 50% owning leagues. Uh, he's still working his way back from the ACL injury. We've seen um, who C.D. Lamb is, and Dak Prescott will be returning. The last time Gallup was the Cowboys' number two receiver was in 2019. We kind of He finished as a high-end uh, wide receiver, too. Uh, so I think with Prescott under center, that gives him the opportunity for maybe some wide receiver three upside. So I, I say Michael Gallup will be a guy I'll be looking to roster. 
I'll follow behind you with the wide receiver. I'll give you two of my wide receivers here, Rondell Moore and Alec Pierce. Rondell Moore is only 46% roster. Alec Pierce is only 38% roster. And I think that they're going to be integral pieces to their offenses going forward. Their quarterbacks have shown a a comfortability with them. Alec Pierce has had back-to-back games where he's gotten over 80 yards. I don't know if it's the fact that he has lesser competition as far as quarter. I mean, cornerback is concerned on him than what Pittman has going up against number ones. But Matt Ryan is definitely showing a liking to Attic Pierce, and he's free under forty percent owned. What else you got? I got another dig deep guy, Wondell Robinson. Absolutely, seven, you know, on my seven, list. <laughs> he's seven percent rostered. Uh, he finally returned week six after that knee injury. He had a uh, three three catches, thirty seven yards, and a touchdown. He led all Giants receivers in targets, receptions, and yards. He did that on 16 snaps. <laughs> so there you go. The guy played 16 snaps and led the whole team in targets, catches, and yards. They have so many injuries over there. I mean, he just steps right into like the man role in a way. Those targets, those snaps all should go up as they're working on back in. Um, so I definitely like him, man. He's a person that people seen coming in the preseason, wasn't able to see it on the full display. So now I think that he's back. He'll work his way back into shape and at 7% on. Man, go get that guy, man. He, he definitely could be the number one receiver over here for the Giants. Uh, next, I say I'll probably go with uh, Deion Jackson. Jonathan Taylor's had a couple of issues, and Jackson has shown the ability to definitely step in and do what needs to be done. So if I'm a JT owner, I'd rather have Deion Jackson probably than just random RBs kind of being JT's backup because I know exactly what I'm going to get if he is to step in, which is probably going to be better than having guys like James Robinson or Antonio Gibson or you know some of these other guys in that range that if they if you do have to depend on them, if one of your top guys go out, you probably would be a little worried about it. So even if you don't have JT, this would be a guy that I might hold just because he's shown himself to be a little better than some of the other handcuffs out there. And you don't necessarily have to have your handcuff, just kind of split your odds. Hope that your guy never gets hurt and their guy does. And you end up having to make a tough decision of, do I go with my guy or do I go with the guy that has shown himself to be a stud when given the opportunity? I'm going to do one last guy. This is a guy who's been playing well, but due to a lot of fantasy managers were forced to drop him uh, because of his injury, and that's Jahan Dotson. This guy's only 36% on in leads. He just come off a hamstring injury. You know what I mean? He you know, missed that you know, the last game or two with the hamstring, but we've seen what he's done when in the game. Seemed like he's the favorite target of, of Wentz. Now, we have to really watch closely what this Wentz news look like because he did hurt his finger last game, and we may see Taylor uh, Henneke deployed, but at the same time, and I his think... His favorite target is Scary Terry, so that could switch things up just a little bit. It could. So I would definitely pay attention to that news. But Jahan Dotson, 36%, this could very well be. This is a great guy. Great pickup. You did mention that his his guy was Scary Terry. But Curtis Samuel just popped into my head. He's he's probably owned in a lot of leagues already, but I'm not saying it's a waiver wire, but uh, Curtis Samuel may be a guy he has a relationship with because they both were in Carolina together, correct? Heineke. Heineke? Yeah. I forgot Heineke ever played in Carolina. Yeah, so him and Samuel, that, that. that could very be a sneaky play as well if Heineke is a starter because think about it. Not only they were in Carolina together with uh, Rivera, he's the guy that he's thrown to in practice. 
because he's just, he's running with the, 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 you know, the second team. And Curtis Samuel be the number one guy on the second team. Uh, so that that may be something to watch as well. Maybe in a DFS sneaky play, something like that. So that's something else I'll be watching as well. Looking at one QB leagues, uh, most of these guys are not going to be available if you're talking super flex or two QB. But uh, J- Daniel Jones right now is only about 30% rostered. And he is showing that week over week that he's kind of getting a little bit more comfortable with Brian Dabble's offense. They're putting together something in New York that may end up being special. He's finally getting his wide receivers back. So let's also look at that. He still has his number two receiver that isn't back yet. And who was thought to be his number one receiver. He kind of showed that a little bit on his first game back, Wondell Robinson. Maybe we aren't giving Daniel Jones enough credit for what he was able to do without his two starting wide receivers. And also maybe we aren't giving him enough credit for what he's going to be able to do to finish out the season. And this is a guy that you could probably, even if he isn't on waiver, you could probably grab him on the cheap. As far as the trade is concerned, if you you're talking about a 2QB or a super flex type of a lead. As far as tight end is concerned, I do like Robert Tunyon's usage. I think he had like 10 for 90 or something like that this week. Uh, He is showing himself to be necessary in that offense because again, the way Rodgers plays is if he doesn't trust you, he's probably not going to give you (laughs) very many targets. But uh, he played a season high 66% of the snaps in week since and he was running around on 86, excuse me, on 84% of the pass plays. He got close to 30% of the target share. He ended up with 10 balls for 90 yards. So they're showing that he's going to be a part of the offense. And when you look at the tight end position being so up and down he's one of those guys that can bring a little bit of stability possibly for free so i would take a look at robert tunyon if you're having tight end issues lastly evan ingram is still only 37 percent rostered evan ingram he he got 27 percent of the target share in week six i mean now he only had five catches for 40 yards but if we're talking about a ppr type situation and a backup tight end that definitely is still worth having and understanding that they're kind of increasing their chemistry, if you will. If you're having any struggles there, I'd rather have the guy that's going to put up nine or 10 points versus the guy that, you know, may or may not get a, you know, more than two or three targets in a game. And that about wraps up the show for today. We'll be back to you in just a couple of days here to give you the preview for week seven and make sure that all of your start sit questions are asked and answered. Make sure you get those questions to us either in a Facebook group or on IG. And we'll make sure that we make that a part of the Rapid Fire 10 and uh, we'll get your start sit questions answered. Other than that, we out.